0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, January 22nd. Coming up, big developments in two deeply divisive areas of Missouri law. What will lawmakers do with legislation limiting transgender rights and health care this year? And will voters enshrine abortion rights in the state constitution? That's in a few minutes. But first, our weekly look at the top state government and politics news on both sides of the state line. In Kansas, doctors who provide abortions would be targeted with new restrictions if two new bills introduced by state legislators become law. Rose Conlon of the Kansas News Service reports.
1: One bill would allow people born alive during an abortion to sue the abortion provider for any injuries they sustained. Abortion rights advocates say that does not occur in Kansas because abortion is banned after fetal viability. Amber Sellers with Trust Women says the bill is an effort to stigmatize abortion.
0: It's another form of fear mongering. As abortion is regulated in our state, the situation doesn't exist.
1: Another bill would bar clinics that offer abortions from purchasing liability insurance from a state fund. A similar bill narrowly failed last year.
0: Meanwhile, committees of the Missouri General Assembly are moving several pieces of legislation forward in these early weeks of the session. A House committee advanced a bill to create open enrollment in public schools, while a Senate committee approved a must-pass item enabling federal dollars to fund the state's Medicaid system and provide health care to low-income Missourians. It's not clear, though, how far any legislation will get this year or how quickly, as divisions in the Senate Republican Caucus ground work to a halt late Thursday night. Conservative senators, who've dubbed themselves the Freedom Caucus, rebelled, refusing to confirm the governor's appointments to various committees until Senate leaders, their fellow Republicans, took up their desired plan for making it harder to amend the state constitution. Republican Rick Bratton of Harrisonville was among them. We're going to draw a line in the sand of, of what we're going to allow forward uh, until we're able to get IP through this chamber and into the House. That's IP for initiative petition reform. Senate President Pro Tem Caleb Rowden called the display, quote, the biggest show of bad faith, unquote, that he'd ever seen. We'll have more from Missouri when Kansas City Today continues. Last year, Missouri political headlines were often dominated by two hot-button issues, transgender rights and abortion rights. And three weeks into this new year, well, things are feeling pretty familiar. In a moment, we'll catch up on big developments in the effort to challenge the state's near-total ban on abortion by changing the Missouri Constitution. But we start in a hearing room in Jefferson City last week with several bills that would limit gender-affirming health care or restrict the restrooms and locker rooms that transgender and non-binary people can use. I spoke with the Missouri Independence Annalise Hanshaw and asked her to describe the scene.
2: Yeah, we had a hearing in the House Emerging Issues Committee, which is the same committee that heard the first round of anti-trans bills last year. And um, whenever this happens, this first hearing always brings out a lot of people. Last year, it went over nine hours. This year, it went over eight Nearly nine hours, and um, both sides, people coming out, button heads. You know, you always get reactions while people are talking, the shaking of heads, some small gasps. And it's definitely a meeting to emotionally prepare for. Um, there's a social worker that actually comes out to support, especially transgender youth who come to testify. Mm.
0: You mentioned last year's hearing. This scene was reminiscent of last year in another way, because the General Assembly was actually discussing the same bill that was passed last year on gender-affirming care for minors. This year, there's an effort to revisit that legislation. What's being proposed?
2: Yeah. So last year, they discussed a bill by Representative Brad Hudson, who's from Cape Fair, preventing transgender minors from starting um, gender-affirming care now, his bill this year was to expand the legislation that passed last year.
0: And that bill banned gender-affirming care for minors, but only some of it and only temporarily, right?
2: After a Democratic filibuster in the Senate, um, a compromise was worked out to where there was a grandfather clause so those who had already started treatment wouldn't have to um, stop their medicine And there was a sunset provision for the ban on puberty blockers and hormones for minors, um, though there was no sunset on surgical procedures, um, which we've heard is not super common for minors. Brad Hudson this year in the house wants to end that sunset and that grandfather clause
0: So even though the bill may or may not have a chance of passage, it still attracts this big crowd. Uh, I know there were also other bills. Uh, Representative Hudson also had a bill that would let doctors opt out of providing care. When you listen to the testimony for and against these bills, what's the impact of even having this discussion?
2: So we're hearing that even just talking about this, it makes people feel as though it's denying people their personhood. And Representative Doug Mann from Columbia said, Why are we giving this our airspace? You know, we have limited bandwidth. He said, We should talk about something else, and said, You know, any kind of um, discussion here is going to increase suicidality here. That was pushed back again by Representative Hudson, who said, You know, that's just a hypothetical. But advocates from Promo, who um, does LGBTQ advocacy here in Missouri said, no, like we, we are seeing um, increased depression. People are also leaving the state because of these bills.
0: Another of the bills had a proposal to regulate what restrooms and locker rooms people use. Did the committee hear from people whose lives are actually affected by these bills?
2: Yeah, there were quite a few people who were transgender or non-binary. There was one individual who is a transgender man, and he said he, he's been blocked from going into the women's restroom, um, which this law would force him to go into. Um, you know, he had a full beard, wide shoulders, um, thick eyebrows, and every indication is he's a man by these secondary characteristics of like the beard and everything. But these law these bills if passed uh, would have him. Go into the women's restroom. Other transgender people said they choose what is most comfortable for them based on making cisgender or non transgender people comfortable and trying to avoid assault because, you know, they do have different characteristics and they are afraid of being target. Again, Representative Mann said transgender people are more vulnerable to these assaults, whereas the bills are more focused on cisgender people being vulnerable to assaults.
0: That was Annalise Hanshaw, who covers education. Her colleague at the Missouri Independent, Anna Spurry, covers reproductive health care. And she's been following another big political story in Missouri this year. Efforts to enshrine abortion rights in the state constitution through the initiative petition and a statewide vote. I asked her about the big step forward that process took last week.
1: Last week, The coalition called Missourians for Constitutional Freedom announced that they were moving forward with one of their 11 ballot initiatives that they initially filed. They are moving forward with language that would make abortion legal up until the point of fetal viability in Missouri.
0: Now, I know that's one of several initiatives that was being considered. This is the one they're moving forward with. Obviously, abortion rights supporters are hopeful that it passes, as the state currently bans almost all abortions. Uh, even so, some have concerns about certain aspects of this proposal, right?
1: Yes. While this coalition is made up of all of the major abortion rights um, advocacy groups across the state.
0: ACLU, Planned Parenthood.
1: Even though they do have the backing of all the major organizations, there are still some abortion rights advocates who have come out and said that they have concerns with the viability ban language. Um, This is not unique to Missouri. There have been conversations like this in a number of states. Um, The concern being that viability is a bit of an arbitrary timeline. Um, So there are concerns that it would allow for some government interference with abortions.
0: The fear is that at some later point, regulators or maybe the legislature would define fetal viability in a way that has the effect of of banning abortions again after all. Correct. So there's been a lot of talk about Republican efforts to make it harder to get this kind of initiative on the ballot in the first place. But for now, the law is clear about how initiatives uh, get voted on by Missourians. What is it that supporters need to do and when do they need to do it by for this to be voted on in
1: 2024? I've spoken with some some folks who have quite a bit of experience in the initiative petition campaign world, and they said... that this, you know, this is on a pretty tight deadline. This coalition's running on a pretty tight deadline, but it's certainly still possible. Um, The coalition says that they need to raise about $5 million to collect the more than 171,000 signatures that will be necessary to get this on the ballot, and they are facing a May 5th deadline. So not much time, but they are confident that they have enough time.
0: Why does it cost money to have signatures?
1: These signatures have to be gathered from five of Missouri's eight congressional districts. And if this was to be done just by volunteers, it would not be a very efficient process, most likely. So there's usually a necessity to hire a group to go out and formally collect those signatures.
0: Now, you mentioned it's a pretty tight timeline. and, And the reason it's such a tight timeline is because it took a long time to certify these petitions. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft originally wrote ballot language that the Missouri Supreme Court struck down. Attorney General Andrew Bailey uh, stalled the process by not signing off on the financial implications uh, until a court forced him to do so. How rough is this going to be? How, How challenging will it be to actually meet that deadline?
1: I think that remains to be seen. However, um, the coalition is very confident that they have enough time. And there have been other campaigns that have worked on tight deadlines like this and have been successful, especially if they have enough financial backing. At this point, um, within the first 24 hours of announcing that they were moving forward with this campaign, they had more than a million dollars already fundraised. Wow. So,
0: Where, Where is that money coming from?
1: Mostly from the organizations that are already behind this coalition or a part of this coalition. Um, And then there was also a $500,000 check written by the Fairness Project, which is a national organization.
0: So that's who's supporting this initiative. Is there opposition?
1: Yes. Earlier this month, a new coalition was formed called Missouri Stands with Women, and this is led by Sam Lee. He's a longtime anti-abortion activist, and he, as well as some others across the state who have been longtime anti-abortion activists, have come together trying to raise money to campaign against whatever ballot initiative does move forward.
0: Now, further complicating this, there's another abortion rights initiative out there, this one sponsored by Republicans.
1: Yes, there is another ballot initiative um, campaign that was launched back in November by a Republican who was trying to legalize abortion up to 12 weeks in Missouri. Um, Her initiative would also add rape and incest exceptions to Missouri's current law.
0: So that actually does enshrine abortion rights in the Constitution, but doesn't go as far as this more recent initiative. Correct. So what do we do with that? There's now two initiatives circulating. Could both of them end up on the ballot? Is one of them seen as more likely than the other to go that far?
1: I think it still remains to be seen. Um, There's a possibility there could be two on the ballot, but I spoke with Jamie Corley last week. She is the person who is heading the 12-week initiative petition, and she said that she is evaluating where things are at. She acknowledged that it would be very difficult for there to be two competing campaigns happening at the same time. And so I I think a lot of this comes down to money, who's able to fundraise enough to get ahead of the other right now.
0: That was Anna Spurry. You can read more from her and from her colleague Annalise Hanshaw at MissouriIndependent.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For all the latest news in state government and politics and everything else going on in Kansas City, be sure to keep up with our NPR station online at kcur.org or on air at KCUR 89.3. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hollywood writers are obsessed
2: with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the SARS Institute.